0: All right, Welcome to another edition of Sick to Sports. This is episode 5. I'm your host Christian. I'm here with my co-host Dale and editor Brian. Tonight we're joined by my good friend Robbie Berger. You might know him as at Brilliantly Dumb, host of the Brilliantly Dumb podcast. Uh, you also might have seen some of his videos heckling golfers or maybe when he was a former uh, college pitcher. Either way, Robbie always brings just high energy. We're excited to have him on. Dale and I are going to wrap things up. Uh, We're going to break down the Stafford golf trade, kind of the long-term implications for both franchises, and then we'll finish things up with another deep dive. Tonight we're talking about the 1994-1995 Houston Rockets, the non-MJ years, and how this team repeated for a second consecutive championship. All that and more. Brian, let's get it started. Hit the music. Joseph's
1: out of his net. Uh Uh-oh,
0: he's knocked down. Scrambling back in. Corbezo. it's always good to have you on folks tonight I'm joined by comedian former famous golf heckler former college baseball player my close friend Robbie Berger Robbie how you doing buddy
1: I tell you didn't think that I would get the college baseball player thrown in there so I appreciate that coos I'll take anything that I could get I'm doing very right? good buddy I, tell I had it's, to it's it good in. to be back here coos you can't you can't leave me for too long I like coming on you
0: I know I know well this is uh this is for our new pod Sick to sports so I've had uh, Robbie on another podcast we do multiple times. He, uh, you might already follow him on on Instagram. Who knows? But Bob, you got a you got a great job because you get to play golf with your friends and cool people like Kevin Connolly and um, Kevin Dillon as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just the uh, entourage
0: Dillon. crew. I mean, but you've all you've got
1: like a little entourage of your own too. Yeah, dude, it it it's fun. You know, the good thing is, ever since I started working with bro Bible is they, they want me to get content. So it's like, you know, they in the office sometimes could be going out to play golf as long as, you know, the cameras rolling. And then when you go yeah. in, I think some of the characters that we have, it just makes it so funny. And they're kind of at the point now where they understand as crazy as it seems that it's my job to where if I got the camera rolling on them, they just kind of know that that's the way it's going to be, whether you're playing good or you're playing bad.
0: Yeah. And that, that's what makes it so great. I mean, Joey Coldcuts, your boy. He just, the outfits he wears, it's, he's gold, you know, and you really uh, capture
1: him in some great moments. Yeah, dude, you just, you never know what he's going to be wearing. You just never know, you know, what he's going to be doing. He could be playing real good and then just have a total blow up hole. And then, you know, when he blows up, it's funnier because then you look at what he's wearing <laughs> while he's blowing up. It's just all around. He just, he brings a lot to the table. So uh,
0: last weekend, you know, you guys had a golf trip there. You stayed with this woman named Gailey. I mean, just, by the way, terrific content the whole weekend. But uh, it
1: looked like that place might have been haunted there for a minute. Yeah, dude, it was nuts. You know, the thing with the Air- Airbnbs is it, it is it is a good deal, but you really got to read the fine print because you just never know what you're going to get. So when we went to go down to Florida, we were going down to play with the uh, with The Bachelor, uh Matt James we 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 went down we were going to film everything and I'm thinking to myself it was me my buddy Jersey Jerry and then Joey Coldcuts I said man I can't believe you know we got this steal this is incredible you know right in West Palm Beach I said this is an absolute mm-hmm. steal we get to the house and this girl the owner gaily, she's got to be about like low 80s um <laughs> if she's listening to this and she's under that I apologize but I would say low 80s she's showing us around the house and then we kind of realize holy shit she's not leaving like she's here to stay and then we realize she stays in the house with us so it, you know it was like that's why we got the deal that we got and then it definitely yeah, yeah. was like a little it had that creepy type of feel to it we never knew where she was in the house and it was just bizarre to Well she like disappeared for one night but her car she was there you know so i could see how
0: that would be a little scary there i actually my apartment is right across from a cemetery and Oof. I've had some weird stuff happen in my apartment, like three or four, you know, occurrences that can't really be explained by the naked eye. So I understand what it's like to deal with a ghost.
1: Yeah. And all I mean, all it takes is one thing to to take place to, to then, you know, you're in your head. Yep. It, yep. It's one creepy thing, one creepy thought, and then you know then you're just in your head at that point and and that's kind of what we had especially under the circumstances what did you just crack there is that a beer are you going yeah that was uh,
0: a little a little blue moon
1: why i thought we were going vino tonight
0: Nah, i was i poured a glass and i'm just it felt like a beer talk you know did you do like when you do the blue moon you put the orange in there I'm dr- I'm actually drinking them out of the can. I think the can is better than wow, the can, honestly, Intre- yeah. wow,
1: wow, interesting. They sell play. with 15s good as well.
0: It's an interesting, you know, amount of beers to package together. Fifteen. You, it's
1: a good, it's a good Sunday night. I tell you, because you do Sundays right,
0: dude. I've been having a good Sunday. Um, I watched King of Staten Island, and then I watched this old Ben Affleck movie, Paycheck. So you know, got some Chinese for lunch. It's snowing here in Philly. It's just been like all sorts of things are going on.
1: What what did uh what did you think of King of Staten Island? I saw that on the airplane the other day. I really liked it. I thought it was good. It was cute. Yeah. Look, it's not gonna you know I don't think it's gonna be winning any Oscars but but uh I thought it was good. Yeah, I did
0: too. I wasn't really sure how I felt about it about an hour in, but I think it really uh came together at the end
1: yeah I like Pete Davidson he's a character Me too but yeah it's it's one of those movies you're not you're not gonna go watch that a second time though no
0: No, I'll be good if I don't yeah I've seen it I know what happens and like it's long too it's like over yeah. two hours so
1: good good movie but not 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 a, a two time
0: yeah not that's a good way to put it you know i saw it I've been there conquered it so Bob let's I want to know did the whole Gailey situation you're know, not knowing if you got if is Gailey even a ghost? Is she real? How did that affect the golf game at all for you? Or,
1: Well, the good news is by the time we had the golf match, it was Sunday. So it was on the Thursday that we couldn't find her. We were really getting creeped out to the point where we were knocking on her door and just getting <laughs> no answer. We could hear her phone in the room. Um, but Oh, see, that's weird. Oh, it was you could hear the buzzing. It, it was bizarre. Her door was locked. The whole thing just creeped us out So the next morning. We didn't even see her then. Um I went out got a shitty haircut we came back and all of a sudden coming through the door next thing you know you know we kind of heard her walking up outside she came in with a case of trulies That's that's
0: how you know Gailey. just she gets it you know she's oh, uh 80 years 100%. on her maybe maybe less we don't know sorry Gail We don't know we don't know um, sorry Gail But she's seen some things and that's a very cool move on her part
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And then, you know, but she didn't even know it, but uh, oh, on Instagram, the feedback we were getting on Gailey, she turned into just an internet sensation without having any idea what the internet is.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Bob, i actually, I mean, I know you're a big golfer. I've been using the same irons for pff, almost 18 years now. They're le- they've, they've been lengthened multiple times. Half the shaft is like ball bearings. So, my parents, for my 30th birthday, were like, hey, we'll get you new irons. So, you know, I'm over at, uh, like, the PGA Superstore. Well, I haven't gotten them yet, because once I'm getting, like, come out in, like, a week and a half or so. But I'm over at, like, the PGA Superstore with this guy, Gene, and he's just breaking my swing down for, like, 45 minutes. Like, every little thing. He's like, okay, we're going to get them this length. You're going to do, like, a white dot. You're going to do, like, all this stuff. He's... And he's watching me just like hitting balls for 45 minutes. He keeps tweaking my swing. By the time I left there, I felt like I was hitting the ball like 30 yards further.
1: Yeah, see, it'll either really help you or it'll just get in your head so much to where you walk out of there not feeling so good. But but yeah, dude, it's like it, it's amazing what they can do in those fittings and stuff like that, and yeah, all the different things that go into it. Especially you know when you, you don't know how you're gonna hit them any given day, depending on what type of golfer. You know me, I go in, it's I could just be hitting I'm like shit. It's hard to get fitted if I'm hitting them like shit. Yeah, if I'm yeah. hitting good, of course I'm gonna love the clubs.
0: Well, and it's rough too because you know there are people walking around. You're in like this one bay, and you know people kind of glance over and are like. You just duff one like right into the bottom of the screen. It's like,
1: yeah, it's like like guys, I never do this. (laughs) Yeah, it's like being on the first tee box every single shot. Yeah, you got some, you got a little bit of a buzz behind you. You got people behind you for sure.
0: Yeah, that's rough. So, anyways, we you know finish that up, and then me and uh, Jimmy go play around with this course up in Plano. So, we're behind these old dudes, uh, and they're. First of all, losing a ball every tee shot. And just taking forever to look for it. And it's carts off the... Or no carts on the fairway. So they got to park, walk all the way over. So we're like, all right, fuck this. We just, you know, skip a hole, go ahead of them. They wouldn't let us play through either. So we get to the next hole. And we're already waiting behind another foursome. And there's people, like, in the fairway. And we're like, oh shit. So we're just waiting there for, like, 15 minutes finally. The guys we jumped... Come up behind us and are just like fucking pissed. And now I kind of understand what was taking, like what the holdup was. Right, right. I thought it was just on them. So you know, we hit our drives. I'm getting ready to hit my second shot, and the ball, this ball, just fucking whizzes by me. Oh like, shit! I turn around and I'm like, are these guys really fucking hitting into us? Just so did you call them out? Well, so one of these guys is wearing a all black Adidas, uh, like. Jumpsuit or oh whatever you want to call it, you know. And me and jimmy are talking. We're like, this guy might be in the mob, you know. Like, I don't <laughs> think. I, I'm not trying to like. I we're already like we shouldn't have jumped him, you know. Like he might just fucking
1: cap us on the thirteenth hole, yeah, especially if he's got like a cigar in his mouth. I don't fuck oh, with the yeah. guys who got cigars in their mouth. I just something about. It. I just don't fuck with them to where I'll, I'll just keep my mouth shut. And then you throw in that suit. You know, yeah. it's a different ball game. It's a different ball game. All black Adidas tracksuit on the course. I'm like, yeah, this guy's
0: probably <laughs> works in waste management. You know?
1: Yeah, get the fuck out of there. If he wants to hit India, he can hit India as long as he wants.
0: Exactly. Oh, I was like, great drive.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the golf uh, golf experiences have been a little interesting recently, but. You know, I'm excited to get the new clubs because I haven't been playing particularly well. I like to just blame it on having outdated irons, but, you know.
1: I'm- hey, <laughs> you know what, though? that That's the beauty of it, though, man. It's just you, you go out there, and even if you're hitting them like shit, I mean, the true people you love getting out there, good or bad, they're still just having a good time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it really is an excuse to drink for four hours and just, you know, let it fly, be with the guys, and just, just get at it. You know what I mean? And, hey,
0: you can have a terrible day if you hit. A few good shots. You remember those, that, so stick that, with that's you. That's
1: what keeps you coming back every single yep. time. Every single time.
0: So, Robbie, how's the uh, quarantine been going for you, man? I, I'm guessing you're probably not at the office as much. Um, are, are you recording from home now, or are you still recording there?
1: Yeah, I'm recording from home now. Which You know, it's okay. It, it is what it is. The good thing, you know, with the, with the show and the quarantine, I guess the good thing that's come from it is a lot of people have a lot more time on their hands now. Mm-hmm. So you're able to get, you know, certain in- interviews that you might not have been able to get and, you know, di- different things of that sort. But, yeah, it's like nobody really has a lot – you know, everybody's got kind of a lot of time on their hands to where you do a lot more podcasting. And it's like for what we do, I mean, shit, it, in a way, it helps.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, hey, if you ever – you know, we talked about this last time you were on with me, um, Nick Watts. a tasked him with getting us Jerry Rice, which he never did.
1: Love, so, love, love Watts. Love Watts.
0: Oh, the, uh, the kid's great. If you, uh, hey, if you ever run into Jerry Rice, you tell him, answer my DMs.
1: Yeah, hey, I do, no question about it. And you tell Watts, remember the last time Watts uh, that I came on, he, uh, the first question he asked me was about like my seven ERA in college. Yeah, baseball. he just comes in firing, he has it all your college fucking his college stats pulled off. Hysterical, and I'm, mind you, they weren't very pleasant stats. And and that was literally, I think he, I think he opened with that question, and it was just, it, it was hysterical, it caught me so off guard, and I loved it, and then I was just, <laughs> yeah, you're like, balls the whole time.
0: Oh, you know, we're gonna have a good time. It'll just, it'll be like normal, and then Watches comes in, just spitting, yeah,
1: Robbie fire. At me, you. Uh, 2015, Fairleigh Dickinson University, he led up a seven spot in the third inning. Uh, what was going wrong that day? I said, oh, Watts, so, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it, pal. I uh, just didn't have my curveball that day.
0: Yeah, it's like I buried that deep in the back of my memory. But, um, yeah, let's just revisit that right off yeah. the bat.
1: Yeah, guy was ruthless.
0: So, Robbie, we, uh, we've we got the Super Bowl coming up next week. We've got the old yep. guard, Tom Brady and the Bucs, the new guard, Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs. I'd be remiss if I didn't get your takes on uh, – who you're taking this weekend.
1: You know, uh, Kuz in all honesty, I I think I am the coldest gambler on the planet. You were hot there for a minute. I was, I I, I was, I was scorching and then, you know, all good things come to an end. It it just, I've been so cold, but, um, I'm hoping to get back on track with Kansas city. I, I just think every time I see the bucks, they get by. Look, you got to tip your cap to Brady, but I just think their defense on, on the air attack. I just don't think the defense is that good. Where I think Mahomes will just light them up. I don't think I don't see the Bucks defense being able to get off the field much. Um, mm-hmm. So I I would hammer the three, and then if you get it at three and a half, I would get it at three and a half on Kansas City. But you can never doubt Brady, man. I saw an interesting stat that the team that wins the Super
0: Bowl has covered the spread eighty eight percent of the time and like that's all Super a beautiful
1: Bowls. yeah that's a beautiful stat because i i really think kansas city would win so it just means you <sighs> lay off. you lay the through are you going tampa coos well i've got a future on tampa um so i'm probably
0: gonna hedge with kc but i had uh bill's future and a brown's future as well so kansas city has just been like massacring every team that <laughs> all and, of my futures how early have been did dying. you get the
1: future how early did you get the future in I
0: well those two I got the Browns at thirty three to one before the season, Bills twenty eight to one before the season, and then I took uh, the Buccaneers at eight to one like halfway through the year.
1: Oh, you know what? Your listeners are probably saying, "Shame on you for hedging, Coos." Shame I, on. So you
0: for- I don't, man. I didn't hedge the World Series, and that one bit me in the ass because I had Tampa Bay like twenty nine to one, and God, dude, every every time I haven't hedged. I've lost. Like, I've done it twice on uh, the World Series and twice in the Stanley Cup finals, and it didn't hedge lost both of them. So,
1: well, you know, what's the good thing with the Super Bowl? There's so many prop bets where you could take to where you could just take the secure money and then just start hammering away some bets on some prop yeah. bets to where, you know, how many times will they show Giselle Brady, coin toss, all that good stuff. Have some fun there knowing. That you got that security blanket, but I'd like to think the viewers of the show here don't appreciate the security blanket and should bust your balls for head. I don't think
0: I'm. I mean, honestly, the Chiefs I think are minus one seventy on the money line for me to make like a reasonable amount of money. Like I'm, I'm cutting in like I'm cutting two grand off potential winnings if I like do something like that. You know, because
1: you know what I will tell you, I was very impressed. We did a Woody Pages trivia show. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, that was hysterical. I actually had so much fun on that. Dude, me uh, too. Was that, uh, me and you were looking at each other the whole time. Because it was just so funny that it was Woody Page's, you know, like not everybody. He's a character on and, too. Yeah. And it's like not many people go on and like have that appreciation for Woody Page. But like, it was just so fucking funny. But I, where I was going was I, I was impressed with some of the answers you had. I was impressed, man. Dude, I've got a
0: wealth of, like, meaningless sports knowledge, but when it comes to, like, sports trivia, it's – that's when you need it. And my brain just, like, fires that way. But I wish I could turn that into, like, stock market knowledge. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. Arch, like be an architect or something hey, like
1: hey, we all do but but you did impress the living shit out of woody page and not many people can say that that are in the stock market
0: i know and i've <laughs> i got my uh my autographed chalkboard from him in my room <laughs> it's fucking awesome that was uh that is probably That's one of the great. coolest things i've ever uh, did yeah, you
1: did like, you wait so did you send it to him and ask if he could sign no
0: it? no that was that was my prize for winning he <laughs> sent me uh he signed a chalkboard. He's like, "To Christian from your good friend, uh, Woody Page." <laughs> it's awesome. What a awesome. gift!
1: What I know, a gift. right? That, right. Oh, that is unbelievable.
0: I'm gonna have that in my house. Like, that's gonna be framed wherever I live for like the rest of my life. Oh, you, dude! I'm that gonna is have to be phenomenal. like, uh oh, well, there was this old show called Around the Horn, and uh,
1: oh, you know, this guy God. Woody
0: Page was on it. Yeah. And like, your grandkids are like, aren't right. gonna give a shit. Yeah, they're like, Jesus Christ, what is ESPN? like?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. That, that's a, what an unbelievable gift.
0: Yeah, at that point, it'll be like BSPN, the Boomer Sports Network, and um, it'll just be us watching it. Oh, God, that's
1: so phenomenal.
0: Oh Man, so, Bob, I think I'm going to go Tampa Bay. I think I'm just going to go with my gun. I'm not going to hedge. Good you made you. a good point. You know what? I made it this far with him and if I lose I lose. But
1: 100% look if you're going to go down, go down with Brady. Um yeah, it's easy yeah. for me to say, it's not my money, but if you're going to go down, do do it with Brady. He got this far. I say fuck the hedge.
0: And I think I mean dude, the implications of this game like Mahomes winning two straight with this one being over Brady, it is officially like the passing of the torch, right? Dude, I, 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 can't. I, I mean,
1: because we this saw guy, Brady do it
0: three times in four years for him, like the, at the start of his career, 0-1, 0-3, 0-4, Which it's it's funny seen. they had
1: a uh, they had a prop bet in Vegas after Mahomes won the the Super Bowl last year. Prop bet in Vegas came out, and I think it was how many more Super Bowls will Mahomes win over or under? I think it was two and a half. And I, I said to myself, I was like, wow, that's a that's a pretty high over. You know, he's going to be, I think, one of the best ever. But even with that being said, it's a yeah. pretty high over. And it turns out if he wins this one, I mean, that over it's is looking two. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that, yeah. that over is looking pretty good.
0: I will say, though, I mean, they kind of have the luxury of the team is still it's not like crazy expensive yet, but it's about to be, you know, and True. you got to pay people and that that's. That's when, like, you lose offensive linemen. You lose, like, defensive guys. Like, obviously, Gosh. they're going to try and keep the main pups in that offense together with, like, Kelsey, Hill and Mahomes. But it just gets tougher every year when guys are picking off your uh, best players in free agency.
1: Oh, for sure. and And it's like, you know, so many of these guys – some of them are the best in the game, but it's very few you're you you you're happy with giving them a couple hundred million or whatever it is. Yeah. With Mahomes, you, every single dollar he's paid is justified and deserved. It's like the same thing from a baseball standpoint with Mike Trout, if you ask me. like it, it's Those are guys that are worth that type of money oh, that yeah. you don't mind. If you're you know fan of uh, that team, you don't mind dishing out that money. I mean, honestly, you could argue Mahomes is underpaid. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like it, it it's insane. The guy is going to make Kansas City relevant for as long as he's there. I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. So what do we think about Jackson yeah. Mahomes? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'll say, man? It, it, it's I see a lot of his stuff and like, oh, man, I, I, I see why he takes shit. You know, in the sense of he's he's really in your face like he does these dances and stuff and he's like he's giving a big F you to you and it's like, you you know, he he comes he's a he
0: comes out. He knows what he's doing. I feel like he he, he's trying to kind of like wind people up a little bit with like, oh, I'm living like this lifestyle. Obviously, like a lot of it's for my brother,
1: but I don't really give
0: a fuck. And like, like, I'm just going to piss you off.
1: And you know what? If that's his play, good on him because it's working because people know who Jackson Mahomes is. Yep. So it, good on him in the sense of it's definitely working. I see why he takes some heat, but but fuck, man. If if, if that's his plan, it, it's working. You can't deny that. So, Robbie, speaking of Jackson Mahomes, are
0: you on TikTok? Do you do you dabble in that at all? Cozy, cozy. I'll be the first to tell you. I can't get enough of it. I'm oh, a- I'm, I love it, but I can't make them. I like I watch some of these people just make these crazy edits, you know, where
2: they,
1: right.
0: they like flip their head down and it comes back up and they're in a totally different place. Yeah, it, it, it tot- totally it's it's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sure. how the fuck are you doing this?
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. No, it, it's overwhelming, no question about it. But like you know, I think a lot of people think that. The TikToks is just the dancing and stuff like that. Like for me, I like going on and watching like these chefs, you know, grill in their kitchen on yep. TikToks. Like I love the food TikTok. Oh, you know, well like, it, I can't of that, get enough. I've got a uh, I've got a favorite ask. I'm all so ears. your
0: boy, your boy Jack Arnold blocked me on Instagram. No so, way! All right, and he's like the nice. It seems like the nicest guy ever. So is the all, nicest guy. All I said he was had. Uh, top golf and he's you know having someone take a video of him and he's taking like multiple practice swings you know kind of like addressing the ball looking up like sitting back and i just all i, I reply to the story i said hey but it's top golf this isn't like number one at augusta national right and right right <laughs> and he got was- pissed he just blocked me. Like
1: he didn't say anything back. Oh, any bad. Jackie boy, you gotta have the thicker skin than that. He's be I I I I'll, I'll be the first to defend him. He's better than that. It can't happen. But he's better. I know. We we gotta re- rekindle that 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 friendship. Well, dude, because
0: he you know he lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he cooks for a bunch of the Carolina Panthers, my team. Like a team with like Christian McCaffrey that, that and connection. like, uh, all of our guys. So. I'm like I want to be on good terms with Jack Arnold because he seems
1: like a great dude. Koozie, I am going to be the guy to get to get you two on the same page and to get you unblocked. I guarantee I'm the guy. Perfect. Yeah. No he didn't block me on Koozie.
0: I think I sent that one on my personal one. So oh no,
1: whatever one is blocked, yeah. We're, we are, and next thing you know, you're going to have a New York strip at your door.
0: Dude, I would absolutely love
1: it because I'm like Jack Arnold. We're we're not so different, you and I. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Yo, he is one of the. I have never met anybody in my life with more energy than Jack Arnold. There's. Like, I love. You
0: know, I love the videos. He's always got music playing. He's just fired up. Big uh, smile on his face.
1: Like. By the way, he would be tremendous for TikTok. He would be tremendous. Yeah, he was. You know, he's 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 he could dominate that food TikTok game.
0: And he edits the videos pretty well. I mean, he could just up he probably just need to upload them straight on he,
1: there he does but we gotta get Cruzy off that blocked list dude that would be that would be big time right there <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, i think we could definitely make that happen
0: <laughs> all right robbie at some point though we gotta just make this golf trip happen man like dude we, whether it's mean, me coming have, out there or if you're in texas whatever but dude it's we been have too got long
1: to, a lot of people don't know i always like you know for for where my instagram is like People don't understand. The first people that actually saw me to, and really any type of, type of, like, big scale, like, on any capacity, was Old Row Official. And I was always messaging with you. Sometimes Swig would be mixed in, but a lot of the times me and you would be messaging. And yeah. you guys really gave me my kickstart.
0: Well, dude, I mean, I knew. I knew just from the get-go. It's like, you got, you're fucking funny. Like, all you need is pe- more people to be aware of it. You know,
1: and you guys you guys had that platform and it's like I I would send my videos out to everybody and you guys would not not even sometimes you wouldn't even respond. You would just pop them right up on the page and next thing you know, I'm getting, you know, just hit and it was like, yeah, man, it gave me the start to where I'm able now somehow some way to do this thing full time. So
0: yeah, 134 K followers, man, you made it
1: grinding man i'm i'm trying i'm definitely trying to keep pushing it up there but um yeah dude it, it it's a fucking ball i mean you see it just day to day i'm having a oh good. yeah life is very good coos
0: well i'm happy for you buddy and uh you know it's always great to have you on man do you want to tell people where they can find your podcast find you on social guys the content robbie puts out is absolutely hilarious especially if you're just a
1: golf fan or do you just like to laugh? Yeah, dude, I, I, I appreciate it. You folks can find me on the Brilliantly Dumb show. Um is the podcast that we do two times a week. Brilliantly dumb on Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. And and koozie, I said it to you time and time again. Keep holding me to it. Anytime you want me on the airwaves, I'm ready for you, brother.
0: Well, hey buddy, it's always good to have you on, man. I appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, yeah,
1: let's let's do this again soon because it's always good to talk to you. Time and place, I'm there for you, Qs. You know that. Appreciate you having me on, brother. No problem, buddy.
0: Uh, another big shout-out to our boy, Robbie Berger. Always good to have him on. Again, guys, if you don't follow him, you can find him at Brilliantly Dumb on Instagram or listen to the Brilliantly Dumb podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. But, Dale, we've got some exciting NFL news in this season that is about to wrap up. Uh, We're seven days away from Super Bowl Sunday. But we had some uh, pretty groundbreaking news this week. So we knew Matt Stafford was kind of on the way out. Um, Detroit was willing to trade him. He wanted to go somewhere else. And we also saw some pretty precarious comments from Sean McVay and just the Rams front office about uh, how they were going to handle Jared Goff. I think they called it a beautiful mystery, which doesn't exactly ring as a huge endorsement for your quarterback but yesterday the trade went down that is yesterday as in saturday or maybe it was friday either way uh the Rams are sending jared goff this year's third round pick next year's first round pick and the 2023 first round pick to detroit in exchange for matt stafford it's a big price to pay uh their salaries kind of balance out a little bit but what are your first impressions on this
2: well, yeah, I mean, my, it was definitely Saturday night. It was it was a 10 p.m. Saturday night news drop, which makes you maybe think that one of these teams is kind of embarrassed about doing this. Um, but my first impression really was that Matthew Stafford's still 33 years old, um, which is kind of insane because it doesn't it feel like he's 43 years old just with as much punishment as he's taken in the NFL.
0: And, I mean, he started four years in college too.
2: Yeah, it's just – it's absurd. Like, it it just feels – the fact that – I mean, I'm – you know, I'm – full disclosure, I'm 34 years old. The fact that Matthew Stafford's younger than me, it just feels feels weird. Also, zero playoff wins. Um, Not
0: necessarily his fault, but – Well,
2: zero playoff wins, and Jared Goff has two, by the way including an NFC championship game. Um, So it, it, you know, I see what the log got
0: three. He got three this year. Technically Uh, he didn't start the game, but he finished it against Seattle.
2: Okay. I guess. Yeah, that's, that's, that would, that that does count. Um, But yeah, Matthew Stafford, zero playoff wins as part of any team. Um, You know, obviously we know he wasn't successful at Georgia, is it is it just me or has Matthew Stafford been overrated his whole career or underrated? Like I don't know, it's just classic, classic argument there.
0: I think he's been so far like removed from the spotlight that a lot. I mean, you you I feel like you catch Matt Stafford late in games on red zone because he's just a, a he's a spread killer. He'll be down twenty one points and they'll lose the game by seven, and like he'll have a chance to tie it. But I, I just feel like he's so far out of the public eye just because that Detroit team is not very good usually. Like, they maybe get one or two. They always get the Thanksgiving game. Then they might get one other primetime game. Like, it's not a lot of people got to watch Matt Stafford. And he's. I was looking at his highlights the other day. I mean, the guy made some ridiculous plays. He's got like, oh. a, like almost like a more talented Tony Romo.
2: Oh, yeah, so and in he turns Wow, wow, shots fired, shots fired. Um, just but yeah, in terms
0: of arms, like, you know, he can make for crazy sure. throws.
2: No, well, no, and he has some of the all-time mic'd up moments. I know there was a there was a clip floating around from, I think it was his rookie year or his second year when he got, like, his shoulder busted. Oh, but against he's still, the Browns, yeah. Against the Browns, but he still came in for the last play. Even though his, like, his left shoulder was, like, falling off of his like body and he, he just came and he's like I can still throw I can still throw because like his yeah. right arm wasn't hurt and then he Got was it. like having it he was having to tell all these guys not to hit like his left arm um as when they were so yeah when they were so but um one of my one of the clips I always remember from Stafford was the uh there's a game against the Cowboys I'm pretty sure it was I want to say maybe 2013 I'm not sure but he came down against the Cowboys um, and they were down I think they were down like 4 points they needed a touchdown to win and he did the Marino fake spike on the Cowboys but instead of throwing the ball he just pushed the ball over the line like he was like hey let me come down and spikeless spikeless spike and then he just ran a quarterback sneak instead and I'm just like that guy's a gamer he yeah. he he's he's one of the toughest guys in the NFL for sure I'm just worried for the Rams that they just traded their, you know, quote unquote franchise quarterback.
0: Let's talk for a second about the Rams because this is a, a crazy stat. So the Rams now will have not made a first round pick unless they acquire one in the next couple of years. They will have not made a first round pick in eight years 2024 is the next time they have their first round pick. The last first round pick they made Jared Goff, but they had to trade multiple first round picks to move up to get Goff. Then they dealt a few for Ramsey Do deal, uh, two more right here for, I think, oh, they dealt one for Brandon cooks dealt two for Ramsey and now two more for Stafford. So, but you gotta, gotta give Sean, uh, McVay credit. I mean, that team is, they've won nine plus games all four of his years there. He's always put together a squad.
2: Yeah, you give the front office credit because they've hit on those late round draft picks, you know, those second round or third round or fourth round guys. And then I saw to get to your point earlier, I saw something on Twitter that said um, the last first round pick that the Rams made was during the Obama administration. And the next first round pick they make won't be till after Biden's first term. Wow. Um, or his only term, whatever it ends up being. Yeah. So for the entire Trump years and in uh, Biden's first term, the Rams will not have made a first round draft. Pick.
0: Which as a Rams fan, it's got to be brutal watching day one of the draft. Like, every, oh, yeah. Every year.
2: Well, now that they just do the first round on the first night. Yeah. Like, what do you you're like, hey, let's just see where we could have picked. But so I don't know. It's who, who's the way, who won this trade? Let's do a yeah. knee-jerk reaction. Who won this trade?
0: Um, I think, honestly, I think both teams really made out well here. I think the Rams are aware that they've got a window. I mean, you've got you know Aaron Donald. You've got a really young, up-and-coming core of three solid rushers with Brown, Akers, and who am I blanking on? Either way. Uh, then you know you got Robert Woods, you got Gerald, uh, what's his fucking name, and C- Cooper Cup. It's a solid, it's a very solid offense. The defense, you don't have to worry about you. Have the best corner in the NFL, you're the best defensive player in the NFL.
2: You're the best player so, in the NFL. Aaron Donald's yeah, the best player in the NFL.
0: You uh, you got to capitalize on those years. Like things are already getting expensive for them. So for them to deal golf and you know it's. Those salaries kind of offset each other already, but I think that's a massive upgrade for them. Goff has led the NFL in turnovers the last two years, well combined at least. Uh, and while I, th- I think Jared Goff is a good quarterback, I mean he got to a Super Bowl, not just him, but you know, you're not you, you're not just some loser if you make it to a Super Bowl. Uh, it didn't really seem like that was the guy that was going to get them over a hump. Let's go over to Detroit side. So they get a third rounder this year and Goff, and then two first, which maybe the Rams thing blows up in their face. And those actually aren't, they might be low twenties, high teens, who knows? But I think they actually made out really well. I think Goff is a guy who I, it's easy, easier said than done, but cut down on the turnovers, a lot of which are fumbles, which I think can be, I think you have an easier job cutting those out of the game than you do interceptions I am uh, still a believer hold on. in Jared Goff.
2: I don't know. I have a different take. I think it's I I think the the first round picks were to take Goff's contract. Like this seems like almost for like sure. an Osweiler trade. Like I I've seen that floating around uh the different NFL voices. So um Detroit now has the draft capital to what because what's their pick this year? Did they pick seven. They're seven. Yeah. So which is great. But they have the, for the Panthers. Right. But they have the capital to move up in the draft now. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a possibility if they want to go get a Justin Fields or one of these other one of these other guys. Like Well, I think
0: Goff's money is only they're only on the hook for two years. It's six right. mil guaranteed over the next two years, I believe.
2: And they have yeah, and I think the, the trade you're talking about is like the dead cap money, right? Like the dead money for both teams yeah. is equal. Like they both have the same dead money for
0: which I don't you know, understand trading. why there should be fucking dead money if you're exchange if you're swapping quarterbacks with similar salaries.
2: Yeah, I mean it basically evens out. Like if you you know, yeah, there's always going to be the dead money if you trade a quarterback who you've already paid a huge signing bonus to, but the uh it does even out in this particular case, you know? Yeah. So but the they were they were saying most teams were offering one first rounder for um Stafford and I think for them taking Goff back is why they got the extra second or the extra first rounder yeah so but Again, I don't know I th-
0: I'm still I still believe in Jared Goff like and he's I'm saying there's now to prove himself
2: uh, I'm saying there's a good chance he's not on the roster like they might they might just cut him you yeah. know what I mean
0: that makes no, no sense no i not this year at least yeah you owe him so much. The next two years, I think you at least got to fi- like. I'd be focused on trying to put some pieces around there, and then hey, if he's not your guy in two years, cool. You've got extra picks, and well, that's, figure it out. that's then, the thing, you know?
2: Chris. They don't actually. I don't think they actually do owe him because all the money that they would have owed him is on that dead cap in in L.A. You know, I mean they. Like, I don't know, but I, 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 if they draft a young guy, he's going to be the starter day one. You know, if they, if they go seven or higher quarterback, they're not starting Jared Goff next year. You know what I mean? I don't know.
0: I, I just don't think they're going QB. I also, I'm not the low man. I'm just not low on Jared Goff. I think he's
2: good. I think he's Sean made him good. I think Sean McVeigh made him good. And you know what? Were, you were referencing some kind of rift between him and McVeigh earlier.
0: Well, yeah, McVeigh was just very uh, like non-committal to the future of what's going to happen with him. Like, I was it Stan Kroenke said it, or yeah, I think it was Stan Kroenke who called it like a beautiful mystery. What's going to happen with um, the Jared Goff thing? And you know, McVeigh kind of said something similar, which that should have been the indicator that he was moving because you don't, that's just, you just don't say that about a guy like that, especially when he just like really graded out a nice playoff win against uh, Seattle, you know, playing with a broken finger. I got respect. Jared Goff.
2: Yeah, that was a, that was a heroic performance. It really was. Uh, I did gain a lot of respect for him there as well.
0: Well, It just seems it's, it's Funny, to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just no, I've been re watching uh, All or Nothing on Amazon, so I just watched okay. the Rams season, which is Jeff Fisher's last season, but it was the year they took golf. So, golf is sitting behind Keenum for you know the first like eight weeks or so. And it's watching that and you know all the hype around golf, like, oh, he zips all this stuff. It's a little ironic that that era just came to an end, like, literally four or five days after I finished watching the season. So it, that was five years ago, you know, and now the guys in Detroit with the new chance to start things over, he's got a solid running back when, and Deandre Swift, it's kind of a little bit of an aging wide receiver gore. I don't know how you feel about Kenny Galladay, but uh, and Marvin Jones Jr. But they've got a lot of work to do.
2: I mean, it's the Lions dude. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you think the Lions are going to get better by getting rid of Stafford and taking on Jared Goff? Like, Matt Stafford's basically been the only reason to watch the Lions since Calvin Johnson retired, you know? Yeah. Um, And yeah, it's, 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 I doubt this is their final plan. This is just a step in that direction. I think Jared Goff is Brock Icewaller to the Browns. Well, I Just think they're
0: looking at it like this: Hey, let's let's give golf a year. If we suck, cool, we suck. We still earn our pick, and we have LA's pick next year. You know, then we only owe golf one more year of money. We draft our quarterback next year. Have golf start the first eight games, whatever. Get him out of here after year two. You got two more picks that off season. So that's my. I don't know. I I think they're definitely giving golf a chance though at least in some sense
2: yeah well let's uh we'll see. i mean
0: well dale yeah that's i mean let's we don't need to beat a dead horse there we're gonna find out a lot more especially once the draft comes and we'll see how Detroit this is then
2: this is just the result of us having no football games today which is just atrocious brutal
0: well the, they played the fucking game on madden right the pro bowl or something
2: I I, Yeah, I saw the promos for that, but I don't even watch the actual Pro Bowl, so I'm definitely not watching the fucking Madden Pro Bowl.
0: I did see a funny tweet. It was like, (laughs) Jamal Adams has two interceptions in the Pro Bowl. Jamal Adams in 58 games in the NFL, two interceptions. So (laughs) (laughs) that's how I know this game is fucking stupid. But let's – all right. So we mentioned this earlier, teased it a little bit. We were going to do the 93-94 and 94-95 – uh, rocket seasons because Dale, you know, you're a big Rockets guy, but I thought we'd go with 94, 95. Cause I think it's a little more interesting uh, just for context. These were the two years where Jordan was playing baseball. So we had the Eastern conference was wide open for the first time in forever. Uh, 94, 95, the Rockets beat the Knicks in seven. I was ewing's best chance to uh get a ring although i think it was hurt that year was that the ewing theory year no no that not 90 99 year.
2: 99 was the ewing theory year. okay the Anyways, lockout season
0: so that year though houston was actually really good in the regular season they uh went 58 and 24 they locked in the number two seed and really just kind of took care of business to beat portland and four they beat the three-seed unit um Phoenix Suns in seven, then they beat Utah in so five.
2: The, so that so that Suns series in ninety-four um was actually where the Houston Post posted the Rockets went down, I'm pretty sure three one in that series. And the no, Houston that's Post next posted year, next year. So. No, 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 This was this was the first year. They called him Choke City in ninety-four. And then the next year, yeah, they they beat the Suns twice in seven games, but they called him Choke City. And that's where Clutch City came from. After that, well, they went um, down. So that's...
0: I, I, either that happened twice, or it
2: did happen twice. Okay.
0: Well, let's let's move <laughs> yes. on to '95 because I think the Rockets' okay. story then is a little more intriguing. Um, For sure, they didn't exactly come roaring into the playoffs. They made it comfortably, but 60, forty-seven and thirty-five. But Dale, this is a team that made a ma- like major move mid-season to kind of right the ship and get, you know, things back on track.
2: Yeah. They, so the Rockets midseason, uh, I think it was Valentine's day, 1995 traded for Clyde, the glide Drexler, um, which they decided to reunite five slam from the Houston Cougars. Um, Final four runs back in the eighties. And, even after making that trade, they still stumbled down the stretch. Yeah. I was going to say they got worse. With, <laughs> um, their yeah.
0: last uh, March and April, they, put, they finished 12 and 15 in those two months. So yeah,
2: it took some time for that new team to kind of uh, gel, but um, yeah, they went in the playoffs. Uh, they faced the Utah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll start Utah-
0: slow down, slow down. Bucko. All right. All so right. let's start with, uh, First-round matchup, Utah Jazz, I mean, legendary team, John Stockton, Carl Malone, uh, Jeff Hornacek, just a bunch of guys that never got a ring that probably deserved them. Uh, Jazz won game one, and after game three, they're up two to one. And this is a reoccurring thing for this Rockets team. So they win game four handily in Houston, game five in Utah. They're down seven going into the fourth quarter. Or, excuse me, game five and they outscored by 11 points, win by 4. Just a resilient fucking effort, especially after, you know, losing game 1 by 2 points. They had some tough losses. Uh they didn't play particularly well at home. They actually lost two of their three. Oh. They lost uh yeah, two of their three home games.
2: Yeah. And that, that's where um, a lot of the hate between Vernon Maxwell and uh, Utah Jazz fans comes to this day. If you don't follow Vernon Maxwell on Twitter, he is one of the best follows on Twitter, mainly for his making fun of Utah Jazz fans.
0: So let's move on. We've got the second round, the Phoenix Suns, another just really, really good team. I think you've got... Uh, you got Kevin Johnson, Charles Barkley, uh, a late, late Danny Inge, Jam Dan Marley, three-point specialist, Dan Marley. Feature, uh Miami Heat player, and then the old motherfucker, A.C. Green. So this is a solid team. And the Suns came right out, boat race the Rockets, win by 22, win by 24 in the first two games. Houston pulls one back, and then game four, Phoenix wins in Houston, 3-1 that uh, yeah. what was i mean as a rockets fan you know you were pretty self aware back then at least a little bit
2: no absolutely um i think that at the time uh, i was a kid and i just believed in this team cuz like literally i've seen them win um okay game i'd seen them win a seven game series against the sun the year before i'd seen them win a seven game series against the Knicks in the finals the year before I'd seen them win a five game series against the jazz, the previous round. So it was just like one of those things where I was like 10, you know, I was like, yeah, they're going to win. They're, they're, they're going to get this. Um, and yeah, it, and also uh, a footnote to that series. Well, probably not a football, but a major note that Charles Barkley did like have an injured back at that time. So it was not hundred percent for that series. Okay. That probably helped help the rockets cause.
0: Yeah, he shot. All right, so let's go to Game 5, which is probably the most fascinating game in the series. Barkley goes 8-22, 1-6 from the free throw line, but still finishes with 17-20. and I mean, kudos to him. But the Rockets need to outscore the Suns by three points in the fourth quarter just to force overtime, which they wind up winning by six. In what is honest, like, that's where the tides changed right there. They come back to Houston yeah when 116 103 in game 6 and then we have just an absolute epic game 7 Rockets take it 115 114 in Houston uh they went into halftime trailing by 11 points pulled it off just a remarkable team
2: yeah i mean as a in, as a 6 seed like So they've now beat the three seed and the two seed taking the series to the max. Like five games in the first round. This is back when the NBA was five, five game series in the first round and seven games in the second uh, round.
0: There's a lot of, uh, a lot of names, you know, people recognize here, Sam Cassell, great quarterback or great point guard. Excuse me. (laughs) Long time for the Milwaukee bucks and the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves as well. Then we got got a
2: start in Houston.
0: Yep, Robert Ory, who just won championships everywhere he went. Akeem, the dream, Clyde Drexler, Kenny Smith. Uh, This Rockets team just kind of had all the right pieces. Clyde Drexler really filled that game seven out. He had twenty nine. Elijah was twenty nine. And then we get the number one seeded Spurs. Keep in mind, people, the Rockets are a six seed here. Uh, The Rockets take one and two Spurs take three and four Uh, Rockets take game both on the all on the road all on the road all on the road. Yep. All on the road. All road wins except for game six Rockets host San Antonio of three, two in the series win 195. But the cool thing about this one was Hakeem Olajuwon played like the series of a lifetime. So he led the Rockets in scoring every single game. In that series, he averaged 35 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 4.2 blocks, and 1.3 steals while shooting 56% from the field, 80% from the free throw line, and he even hit a three-pointer, one of two from downtown.
2: So to this day, Kenny Smith says that before Western Conference Finals, Game 1 against the Spurs in the Alamo Dome, that they awarded david robinson the mvp award and kenny smith swears that hakim olajuwon was muttering under his breath that's my fucking award the whole time they were awarding david robinson the mvp award and then he goes just goes out and smashes him in the series um hakim has denied this uh, previously he says that um, he thinks David Robinson deserved to win the award. Obviously the Rockets were kind of mediocre in the regular season. They were six seed, but um I I think personally Hakeem was definitely pissed off that they had just decided to award the MVP in front of him that year. And yeah, and not only that spoiler uh,
0: not only that though, I mean this is
2: uh
0: yeah, like just his one opportunity to get at him, you know, like on center stage. I'm better than you and I'm going to fucking prove it. And that's not to say that, you know, David Robinson didn't play well. He averaged 24 11, uh, with two blocks. But I mean, that is nothing in comparison to what Elijah was doing. So
2: now if you, and if you want to see one of the greatest YouTube videos ever, just, just, uh, just put it into YouTube, David Robinson, hockey Olajuwon, 1999 Western conference finals. And, yeah. David Robinson probably tried to get those taken down with his attorneys at some point, but yeah, they live forever. Those highlights are those highlights are there forever and it's just it's pure dominance. So
0: Well see, that's the Western Conference triumph is a lot more fun than how we're gonna end things here because they catch the Shaq Penny, Nick Anderson, Magic in the finals. And I mean obviously game one. It's just brutal. Nick Anderson, I think, missed three consecutive three uh, free throws that would have put the game away for the magic as like an 80 percent free throw shooter in game one. Rockets go on to win that game and then just boat race some sweep. And the Rockets, I feel like a lot of people forget that they won back to back. And it's tough for I got to feel like it's tough for a Rockets fan because everyone's going to say, well, you didn't do it against Jordan.
2: You know, but people forget that that magic team actually did beat Jordan in the playoffs. They did um, 45 Jordan, 45 Jordan. Well, you know, he I just, didn't, he actually like go up and change his Jersey during the playoffs that year. Yeah. I think, yeah I think you're
0: right.
2: He was trying to turn the series around and get the fans into it. So like he like actually like climbed up a ladder and went and got the twenty three down and like played with it. It was like a whole thing. And then yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that happened. The that Shaq team, they were like, hey, um, hey Jordan, maybe just like playing baseball is not the best way to get ready for the NBA playoffs. Uh, so you know we're still gonna whoop your ass. So, yeah, the Rockets actually did beat Jordan. Everyone's like, well, you only won those two titles because Jordan. Was out those years No Jordan was only out One of those years He chose to play baseball We all make choices in life You know Mm -hmm. We all make choices in life And he chose to play baseball And then fucking Try to come back And wing it In the NBA playoffs And he got his ass whooped By Penny Hardaway And Shaq And then guess what The Rockets Swept Those guys Right out of the NBA finals So Basically the Rockets Have a title against Jordan And everyone can Suck our dicks You know H town out. That's all I got to say. I think I don't even have a. I don't have a final take, Chris. That's my final take. That's fine for your final take.
0: I just think this is a kind of good refresher, like to remember how good some of those Western Conference teams were. Like that Phoenix team. You know, you stopped oh, yeah. twice. That uh, that Jazz team. They never quite got there. They got their shots against Jordan later in the nineties, but. But, uh, you know, that was <laughs> brutal for a lot of those Western Conference teams. I feel like it was really wide open those two years, and um, you got to give credit to just a well-coached team and a good organized group. They went and get Drexler in 94-95, puts them over the top.
2: Hey, I mean, I, I might just be biased because I was a kid and growing up, and this is kind of when I started watching the NBA, but – I don't know. I just, I just loved the mid '90s NBA. It was so great. Um, the Western Conference battles were awesome. Uh, I there were a ton of good battles on the Eastern Conference side too. Yeah. Like they were really and fun Heat, Indiana, New York. They're really fun Heat teams. Obviously, the Bulls. Um, and like everyone thinks that like back in looking back, that the Bulls were just cakewalking through these playoffs, but they weren't. Like the Pistons took them to six, seven games, or actually. Ex- yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, like six or seven games, a couple times. The Heat played well, really good Heat series beat, like, against they beat all the-,
0: the Bulls. I mean, that was more eight, like late '80s. Uh, and then the Bulls finally got yeah. over the hump in '91, but yeah, that was like the thorn in their side. And you know, you just kind of saw like this constant changing of the guard. Um, and then the Bulls went three straight. MJ goes play goes to play baseball, and the Rockets have their time in the sun, all right? But you got to say done. like. For MJ to come back after, like, two years out of the league and then win three more,
2: GOAT. No, absolutely. I'm I'm not here to argue that Jordan's not the GOAT. I am here to argue that the 94 or 95 Rockets still might have won a title, um, even if Jordan had stayed that whole time. Because, you know, everyone watched the last dance. There wasn't just, like, this line of continuity between the first 3peat and the second 3peat. They had to rebuild, you know. Yeah. So the Rockets were definitely the best team in the NBA in 93-94 and then 94-95 they figured out how to turn it on in the playoffs and you know, kids these days just need to remember that. That they do.
0: Uh okay, right. let's just wrap things up real quick with our final thoughts here. So Dale, if you want to maybe touch on your thoughts on Deshaun Watson, you've kind of got the pulse down of like what's going on in your city.
2: So kind of the latest thing is the um, Deshaun uh, scrubbed his social media of all the Texans stuff. And he just put athlete instead of like quarterback Houston Texans. So, you know, as kids would say these days, he's big, mad, he's big, mad. You know, he, he made it clear on social media. He wants nothing to do with the organization. So I don't know. They said they're not going to trade the player. So um, we'll see. I mean, that's probably the smart move, but looks like a standoff, but, you know, obviously it's January. I guess when we hear this, it'll be February, but there's a lot can happen between now and, Training camp, so
0: yeah, I think he will wind up moving. Uh, the asking price is insane. I saw today it was two first, two seconds, and then two uh players that can basically two young defensive players. Which the Panthers could make that deal if they wanted to, but I don't think we're any better off doing that than we like. Does that really? Is that really the move you want to make? Especially we've we've got a you know a GM who's been on the job for a month. You want to give up your next four like first and second round picks?
2: And, <laughs> yes, to pair and, Christian to pair Christian McCaffrey with Deshaun Watson, yes, yes, that I would do make that okay, move. But, if y'all can do it, do it.
0: But then giving up two young defensive players. So I'm guessing they'd be asking for Brian Burns or like Jeremy Chin or Gross Matos, which I think that's where you really get set back. Yes
2: um you do it if you can get Deshaun on your team you do it 100%. I just don't think the Texans would make that move. They want the picks.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it sounds like New York and uh Miami are kind of the front runners there. Hey guys, if you want to call in and, you know, give us a deep dive for next week, that voicemail number is 702-970-9059. Again, that's 702 702- Nine seven zero nine zero five nine. Uh we were thinking maybe next week we might just talk about the day that sports stopped. March of last year, when you know the tournament gets canceled, all of these things. The NBA season gets postponed indefinitely. All within a matter of 24 hours. So we're thinking about doing a little timeline on that. If you would rather hear something else again, call in 702 970 9059 Uh, Big thanks to our boy, Robbie Berger, for joining us tonight. Dale, it was fun to have you, man, as usual. I'll see you on Wednesday night.